0: You are listening to Korninia Church, passion for God, compassion for people. Good morning. Uh, I, I don't take it lightly. Uh, I all, if, for those of you who know me, I usually sing a hymn okay, when, I, when I teach. And some, several people asked me earlier, so what hymn are you going to sing? And I said, I'm not going to sing a hymn. They're like, no, you, you, can't, you can't preach if you don't sing a hymn. I have other things I was going to do, so we're going to start this service off with a hymn. I will come and bow down at your feet, Lord Jesus. In your presence there's fullness of joy. There is nothing There's no one who compares with you. I take pleasure in worshiping you, Lord. Father, today we want to worship you. We invite you here, your spirit, to be here, to hear and see our hearts, Lord God, and that you will challenge us to to grow and for Uh, The the appointments that you have for us, Lord God, that you would speak to our hearts and release all that you have for us. We want to glorify you today, and so we thank you that we can be together, and we just pray your anointing in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey. We have been in a series called Where Do I Fit Okay, and for the last four weeks, and the first week uh, when Andrew preached, I, I went up and I said, hey. Here's just a couple of thoughts that came, you know. And he said, "Do you know, you may have the ending message for this series. And so he gave it some thought, and he asked me if I would close the series down. So this is the last in the series on where do I fit. And I want to stress the call to multiply. That's the title of today's message, the call to multiply. And it comes out of the Great Commission. Y'all remember when Jesus, after he had... Died, risen, He appeared to the disciples, and He's getting ready to be taken up into glory, and He gives them a commission. Now, this commission wasn't just for those 12 disciples, 11 disciples. Uh, It's for everyone. It's for believers. The great commission is for you sitting here, not just for them back there. And He says to them, Go and make disciples. Okay, you got to teach people. I want you to go. You need to go out. Okay, you, you need to leave your home. I, I think coming in here and serving at the church is part of going. But I think you can go into the community. You can go into the marketplace. You can go. He says, I want you to go and make disciples. I want you to share your faith. The saving message of Jesus. Share your faith wherever you go. Go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Baptizing them. How many of you have baptized somebody? Not been baptized. How many of you have baptized somebody? Okay? Can we only baptize people in that tub right there or the one that we put out there? And can only certain ones be anointed to be the baptizers? No. This is saying you, all of us, we need to baptize. We need to be sharing the life message of Jesus and baptizing people. I was uh, years ago. My wife and I were had to go scout out. We actually went to Europe. We were going to go scout out a missions trip. We were going to take kids on. And while we were gone, we we're going to be gone for about two weeks. And we got somebody to watch our kids because they were small. Yeah, you know, we left our kids home while we went to Europe. Okay, and we were we're there for a few weeks. But we asked. There was a young man. In the church member of the church and we asked him if he would watch our house for us while we're gone we need somebody to stay in the house And he goes yeah yeah I'd love to do that this is a neat kid on fire for the Lord and so he stayed in the house we were gone we're gone for two weeks and we come back and everything's great and a couple of weeks go by about three weeks and I'm downtown and this guy comes up to me and he says you're Roger aren't you Roger Watson I go yeah he goes I was baptized in your pool What? Yeah, the guy that we asked on fire for the Lord, man, he's out sharing his faith. He's leading people to the Lord. They want to be baptized. So he brings them to my house and he baptizes them in my pool. My pool has never been the same. Okay? Do you get the opportunities to do that? I had a woman that called me and she said, My son, this is a few years ago, she said, My son, uh, is in the military and he's about to be shipped out to Afghanistan and just this fear was, was gripping her and she says he knows the Lord but he hasn't been baptized and I want to know if you can baptize him and I'm saying I'll baptize him in my pool and she says I want to I want you to come to our house and they had a hot tub okay and you're going to baptize him in our hot tub so I get there and they have about 30-35 family members that gathered to, be, to view, to be spectators of this baptism before this young man leaves for Afghanistan. You ever had opportunities? God will give you those opportunities if you look for them. Probably one of the most memorable baptism that I've ever been a part of. The Azevedo's are a family that, that go to church here and they have property out by the Kings River and I was the youth pastor years ago and so we were gonna do a baptism in the river. And they had a, a sand barge that was there, so the water was only about this deep. And so I had everyone get in the water. Every, all the spectators, we all got in the water and they were surrounding and then they were praying for people as we baptized them. Okay? Man, we need to do that. We all get in the water as we're baptizing, huh? Just a special, memorable thing. He's saying, you need to baptize people. Ooh, me? I don't know that I can do that. You're going to make disciples. You're going to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You're going to teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. You're going to go out. You're going to share your message. You're going to baptize. You're going to teach them all that God has commanded. And then he says, get this, I am with you always to the very end of the age. I am with you. It is me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to share something, and it's already been shared up here, but I'm going to share a truth with you that Satan does not want shared. okay? Because he tries to stop what God is doing. He wants to prevent what God is doing. And his major tool is fear. Satan will create, he'll stir up fear to keep you from stepping out in faith, because fear cripples faith. Okay, So if I can get you afraid, then I will get you to be hesitant. To hold back. How much fear do we have in our society right now, guys? What's going on? All, man, we read about a shooting in Texas and somebody just shows up and starts shooting. And even here, some kid brought a gun to, to school in Lemoore. I mean, all this stuff, it creates this fear. The enemy tries to create fear to stop you from doing what he's called you to do. But he says, remember, I will be with you always. There's a story in Matthew 9: 37 and 38. Jesus is out teaching. He's out in the marketplace. He's sharing He's with this, the message, his message, the saving message. All these people are there. And then he turns to his disciples and he says, "The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray, the Lord of the harvest, send out workers." Do you know, that prayer still needs to go out. There's a harvest. There is a lot of people, a harvest that's out there. There's a lot of people that are coming here, and I'm excited what God is doing. It wasn't a great last week we saw all those people that were baptized, and you know, and the week uh, on Easter, we had over 90 salvations on that Sunday, okay? There's just exciting things that are happening. There's something that's happening. I used to think that, that God worked in waves and you would see the waves, the outpouring of God's Holy Spirit in waves. I don't, I'm, I'm not thinking that's what God does because my Bible says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same, He doesn't change. We do, okay? And I think the outpouring is when all this negative stuff, the fearful stuff, we call out to God and His Spirit is there. And I think you start to see the waves because things get so bad, either the choices we've made or the situation is so bad that we're calling out to God and He is faithful. He's always faithful. And this wave of the Holy Spirit comes. Okay? Well, there is a wave of the Holy Spirit that's coming. And I think, and I told them, I'm not a prophet, but I... I believe that we are going to need three services, not two. Okay, real soon. Now, Pastor Chad is not clapping for that. Okay, oh my word, it's already takes a, I, it, But it's all going to be dependent, will you do what God has called you to do? Because we each have a place. We've been learning that over the week. We all have an anointing. We all have a gifting to do what God has called us to do. And if we're out in the community and inviting people, leading them to the Lord, this place is going to explode with with people. Okay, there's not gonna be enough seats if we are faithful to do what God has called us to do. But I don't wanna do that. And what Satan does is he creates fear. Now, I want to take just a few minutes to talk about some of the main characters, the mighty men and women of God in scriptures and what they wrestled with. Okay? So if you are thinking about a mighty man in the scriptures, you might think of Moses. Okay? Moses, who led the people, millions, out of Egypt. What a mighty leader he was. Do you know, Moses uh, was actually put in a basket when he was born because there was an edict given by Pharaoh to kill all the Israelite baby boys. And so his mother put him in a basket, and Pharaoh's daughter found this basket, and she raised him in Pharaoh's court. She raised him as her son. For about 40 years, she raises him. One day he's out, and he sees an Egyptian abusing an Israelite. And he stops in to stop this, and he uses such force that actually kills that Egyptian. And, he's frightened, and he takes the body, and he just buries it in some sand, get it out, and he, nobody sees, no, okay, we're, we're good, okay? The next day, he's out, and there's two Israelites that are fighting with one another, and he goes, what is wrong with you guys? You guys are brothers. Why are you fighting with one another? And the one looks at him and says, who made you? The boss. Who put you in charge? Are you going to kill me like you did that Egyptian? Ooh, uh-oh. Okay. Now, Moses is afraid. Okay. And he heads for the high country. Okay. He heads and he goes to Midian. And he's in Midian and he meets a man, meets his daughters. He gives his daughter to him in, in marriage and they have a child together and he's out there for another 40 years out there in the wilderness in Midian. One day he's out making his rounds and he looks up and he sees a bush on fire on the mountain, Horeb. He sees this bush on fire, but it's not burning up. It's just on fire. And he tells his wife, I got to go check this out. I want to go see what this is. So he goes up on this mountain and he gets close and the voice of God says, take your shoes off. You're on holy ground oh oh this is this is special here okay and he takes his shoes off and God says Moses I have heard the cry of my people in Egypt and I'm gonna deliver them okay and I'm gonna use you I want you to be the one you're gonna go and set them free from this bondage and here's what Moses said in Exodus 4:10. Moses said to the Lord oh Lord I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. I don't talk so good. God, you got to get somebody else. I don't talk so good. Uh, I can't do it. And he's given this fear grips him that he's going to have to be in front, going to have to go before Pharaoh, all these people. I don't talk so good. And then in 4.1, Moses answered, What if they don't believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord didn't appear to you. What if they don't believe what I have to say? I'm afraid, okay? And this fear grips him. I can't do it. This is Moses, the mighty leader who set the people free. This fear holds him back. God says to him, I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians. In 4.12, he says, I will be with your mouth and teach you what you are to say. God is saying, it's not you. It's me that's going to deliver. I'm just going to use you. I'm going to use you. I use the analogy of a pencil. A pencil in and of itself can't do a whole lot, but in the master's hands, it can achieve a lot. But Satan will use... Fear, how can I cripple you? Even the mighty people in Scripture, I can't do it, I don't speak so good. Here's something that a lot of people don't know. Growing up, when I was in elementary school, uh, I had to get up and give a speech in the second grade. The teacher made us get up in front of the class and give a speech. In the second grade, eight years old, teacher, how many teachers we got here? You know, So I got up there, and I gave my speech, and when I finished, they all laughed at me. And it wasn't intended to be funny. And this negative self-talk, you're stupid. They're all smarter than you are. You're going to make a fool out of yourself. To this day, I don't like to stand in front of people and speak. And it's amazing the places that God has put me. He's saying, okay, but it's me through you. I'm going to put you in places, and I want you to be obedient. I want you, when I put you there, I want you to be obedient. It's not you, it's me through you. And through the years, God has put me and my wife in some crazy places to share the message of Jesus. I, I don't have the time to go through it, but a few months before the Shah was kicked out of Iran, Donnie and I were in Tehran, Iran sharing the message of Jesus. And it's illegal to be a Christian there. And we're out there sharing. Oh my God, what are you doing? Are you willing to let me use you? What's your excuse, church? Moses was, I don't, I don't talk so good. What if, what if they don't li- believe what I have to say? How many of you here today would say I'm in the Moses Club? Yeah, I can't, I don't talk that good, I can't do that, God can't, you know, he can use somebody else, I don't, man, I wish I could preach like Pastor Andrew, okay, I wish I had the anointing like Pastor Chad, if I could, if I had that, then I could go, God is not looking for that, God is looking for obedience, are you obedient, church, yeah, all right, let's go to another one, how about Gideon, Gideon was actually hiding in a cave when God called him, you know, Moses went to, to Midian okay, to live and to, to be provided for. Gideon was hiding from the Midianites because they were now trying to overrun the Israelites and they were coming. Here, I want to tell you something, church. If you try to look for man to be your support, to be your provider, to be, you're going to be disappointed and you're probably going to get hurt, okay? don't look to man to be your savior. It is God. It is Jesus that sets us free. It is God that provides for us. Don't look for mankind. Gideon is the Midianites that was the rescue. Now they're running from him. He's running. He's hiding. And God says, what are you doing in here, mighty man of valor? Get up. I'm going to use you to come against the Midianites to deliver my people. What does Gideon say? The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength. You have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? But Lord, Gideon asked, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. I'm a nobody. I'm not that special. You can't use me. How, how are you going to use me? I'm, I'm a nobody. I'm not all that gifted. In Judges 6.16 says, but the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you to defeat the Midianites. It's not you, it's me through you. God wants to use each of us. He has gifted us and called us. We've been talking about that. Where do we fit in? What is the calling? God has a purpose. He has a gifting in you. He wants to use you, but it's he that's going to do it. Are you willing to let God use you to do what he wants to do? Or are you in the Gideon group? I'm no one special. God can't use me. Okay, He, He needs to get somebody else. How about Jeremiah? Jeremiah was a prophet that God had raised up to speak to the country had divided. Israel had been taken off into Babylon and held into bondage, and Judah is down here. And Jeremiah is prophesying over Judah. And he says, I want you to speak my truth to my people. And Jeremiah says, Oh, sovereign Lord, this is out of Jeremiah 1:6. He says, I don't know how to speak. I'm only a child, I'm too young. How many of you have used that? I'm too young. You gotta let the older people do it because they're the ones that can do it. They're the gifted ones. I don't like that excuse. When, uh, when I first came on as a pastor a long time ago, um, because we were being used in music ministry, uh, I wanted to challenge the young people God is not a respecter of age. He could use anyone, any age, if you are willing. And so I put a team of kids together called the Koinonia Kids. They were children from this church, ages 8 to 14. And I took them to different parts of the world. Twice we went to Jamaica and ministered. We went to England, Great Britain, we ministered there, okay, and I took these kids out. It was amazing to watch God work through these kids and to watch their faith grow. I mean, we were in England, and there was a woman that had, they brought her in in a wheelchair. She could not walk, hadn't walked in years, and one of the girls went over, laid her hands on her, prayed for her. This woman jumped up and started running through the church, just And she hadn't walked in years, years, okay? Can God use kids? God is not a respecter. He can use kids no matter what the age, okay? But I'm too young. God can't use me. How many joined the Jeremiah Club? I used to think, those parents, what was wrong with them? They sent their eight-year-olds with me to a whole another country? They trusted me with their kids? Yeah, I'm too young. God can't use me. That's an excuse. That's an excuse. Don't say I'm only a child. This is out of Jeremiah 1, 8 and 9. Don't say I'm only a child. You must go to everyone I send you and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you, and I will rescue you. I have put my words in your mouth. Are you hearing this theme? It's me. I'm gonna do it. I'm just gonna use you. Are you willing to be the instrument? Okay, don't think it's how, how gifted you are. It's God through you. Are you willing to let God use you? I'm too young. How about Abraham? Mighty Abraham, huh? What a godly man in the Old Testament. Okay, listen to this portion of Scripture. This is Genesis 17 15 through 17. It says, God also said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her, and I will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be mother of nations, king of peoples will come from her. Get this. Abraham fell face down and laughed. You gotta be kidding me. And he said to himself, Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Abraham was a hundred years old at that time when this promise came. Okay. Will a son be born a hundred Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? God, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> but what does God say? I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you. You, for the generations to come, to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. God is saying, it's me. I am going to fulfill this through you. Are you willing to let me use you? But Abraham, I'm too old. I'm too old. He has these excuses. Brother Al told me, he said, you want to know one of the things that Abraham did? He tried to pimp out his wife so that Egypt, the Pharaoh of Egypt, wouldn't kill him. He, he, the mighty man Abraham okay? uh, what is, what's going on in your past that Satan will try to create fear to cause you to shrink back that I can't do it I, I can't be a witness I, it's too much it's, it's too big of a thing for me I'm too old anyone use that I'm too old good I, uh, I haven't decided for sure that I'm going to do this, but I think I'm going to get a group of people. Now I'm not going to use kids. I want to know how many of you 70 years old or older would go on a missions trip with me? How many of you 70 and older would go to one of those third world countries and let God use you? Have we got some volunteers that will go. Oh, man, I'm too old to do that. But God is not a respecter of people. He's looking for an obedient heart. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm no one special. I don't talk so good. How about Paul? Let's go to the New Testament. The Apostle Paul wrote most of the New Testament. Man, what a godly man. I want to be like that. In 1 Timothy Chapter 1, verse 13, it says, Even though I was once a blasphemer, he cursed? Paul? He cursed God? I was a blasphemer and a persecutor. He hung out with the homeboys. He was part of them that put people to death. Okay, You talk about the gangs that are going on. Paul was one of them. He hung out with the gangs that put those believers, those followers of Jesus, to death. I was a persecutor, a violent man. He had a temper. The Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. In verse right before, he says, Christ strengthens me and puts me into service. It's Jesus that calls, and it's Jesus that empowers. If God says, I want to use you, are you willing to let me? And I have, there are lots of people that God still has to call. Are you willing? Church, what is the cost of letting your fear keep you from doing what God has called you to do? What's the cost if you do that? Years ago, my, uh, my wife and I, we were first married. <laughs> I told them that was long. We're celebrating 46 years here in a month or so, okay? But... Yeah. During those early years, we used to be part of a drama group called, uh, oh, I don't remember what it was. Okay? See, old age, you forget things, okay? That's why I don't want to do things you know, and that old, that's my excuse. I can't do it because I can't remember those things. Even I am a marriage and family therapist, okay? And when I'm in session, I tell my secretaries, don't interrupt my session. If you interrupt my session, somebody better have a gun to their head or they're about to jump off the roof because if you interrupt my session, I forget where I, what, what I've been talking about and I lose my place and I'm no good, okay? i got to stay on track, so don't interrupt me because that's part of my old age, okay? Don't interrupt me. Used to be the New Life Players, okay? And we were part of this. And there was a couple in there, Brian and Lana Roberts. They grew up in Hanford. Maybe some of you might have known them years ago. And they wrote a skit that so impacted me the first time that I saw it. And I actually had asked three high school kids to act it out for us today, that skit. And one of them had a conflict that came up, so they weren't able to do it. So I'm going to try to tell this skit to you in parable-type form. Okay, because it, was, it changed my life. And it starts off, there's three characters. There's two women and a, and a man. And one turns around. And you have to imagine you're in this desolate place. As far as you can see, there's nothing. It's just desolate. But there's this path that splits. Okay? And this one woman turns around and she's... Little distraught and kind of worried and looking and fearful and trying to find the end of this path. And the old man, okay, he turns around. He's the man in there and he goes, Where do you think you're going? She says, I'm going to go find the end of this path. And he says, Not without a ticket, you're not. <laughs> no, sirree, okay. She goes, Ticket? I don't have a ticket. He says, well, You can pick it all you want to, okay? I ain't going to get you through without a ticket. She goes, I don't have anything. I don't have anything in my pockets. He goes, rockets? Mighty pretty, especially on the 4th. But we don't got no rockets here, okay? Yeah, I got to have your ticket. She goes, what are you talking about? I wish you would explain more. And she's like, no need to, no need to. She goes, I want you to tell, he says, see the path? It forks up here. You got to have a ticket that tells which way to go. And he says, she says, I, I don't have anything." He says, you don't carry this on you. You carry it in you. And then she asks him, or he asks her, what gives you the right to enter God's kingdom? And then the girl recognized, oh, wow. I'm, I'm getting ready to enter. This is the path to eternity. And she says, I believe in God and that he sent his son Jesus and he died for my sins and his blood cleansed me from my sins. And he's filled me with his spirit. I believe in that and in him. And the old man goes, that's the ticket. Slaps her on the back. Yeah, great. So now the path, it goes, it forks up ahead here. You need to go off to the left over here. Stay on the path right there. And he's talking to her. Then the other girl appears and she comes up and she sees them. And then she recognizes, Lana was playing the one part, she recognizes Donnie and she's like, Donnie, is that really you? And they come and they give one another a hug and it's so good, I'm so glad I ran into you. She's like, where are we? And she goes, I don't know. She says, we were, I was driving my car and then this, I got hit broadside and then I was walking on this, this path. And she says, mine is so similar, only I was at home and I was really sick. And then I'm on this path. And where, where are we going? Where's it going? And the old man turns around and goes, yeah, I'm afraid she's not allowed to help you now. So you, you go. I got your ticket, you go. Lana says to Donnie, ticket? What ticket? How did you get a ticket? Where did you get that ticket? And Donnie's like, oh, I never shared. Jesus with her, and she goes, I so wish I'd told you. And the old man, ah, she's not allowed to help you now, so you go, go, okay? And then she turns to Lana and she says, what gives you the right to enter God's kingdom? She goes, oh, I was a good person, I volunteered for all kinds of things. I gave money to charities. I was constantly serving. And there is no one that served more than I did in our community. I I just gave myself to that. He says, that's your ticket. He goes, the path it Forks, he says, stay to the right over here. Okay, you go. And she says, can I talk to Donnie for a little bit? And he goes, eh, probably no harm in that, but don't stand here long. You're going to block traffic. OK, so they're talking and they're talking about old things that they did together in school. And, and Donnie says to Lana, remember when you played, we had the, did the play Romeo and Juliet and you were Juliet. And the day before we opened, we had a party and you got hit in the eye, and got a black eye. She goes, you were the only Juliet ever with a black eye. OK, and they're just laughing and having fun. And, she, and Donnie says, well, we, we probably ought to go because we don't want to block traffic. And Lana says, yeah, let's just walk together. You know, we could still catch up on old times. Let's walk together. Donnie says, but I'm going on that path. And Lana's like, you mean there are two paths to heaven? And then it dawns on her. Oh, that's a path to hell. And so they go to the far sides of the auditorium and they're going down and lana says to donnie you love me don't you she says you know i do you would do anything for me you would tell me anything wouldn't you yes i love you i would do anything for you i'd tell you anything she says well if you love me and you would do anything for me how come we're not walking down that path together blackout that was so impacting the first time i saw that i was like i do not want to be guilty of that i am going to share my faith with people wherever i go i am going to share the truth with people because i don't want them to go down that path but fear will keep you from it what if they don't believe me what if they laugh at me what if they don't okay fear will keep you from doing that and to me That is one of the worst things that can happen when you get there and I didn't share and they're going to hell because of it. What's the cost of not sharing your faith? There is a, we're gonna take just a few minutes to get ready to close. Um, There's a parable that Jesus talks in Matthew 25 and it's the parable of the talents. And there is a wealthy man, and he has three servants. And he says, i got to go on a trip. I'll be back, but I want you to take charge of these talents. And he gives the one man five talents. And he says, you take, take charge of this. And then he gives the second one two talents. Take charge of this. And then he gives the third one, one talent. He says, take charge of this, use it. He goes away and he's gone for a long time, comes back, long time later he comes back and he asks them what they did. And the one with the five talents, he says, I took the talents, I invested them and I've doubled it. Here's 10 talents. And he gives the wealthy man 10 talents and he says, well done good and faithful servant, enter into your rest. He goes to the man with the two talents, and he says, what have you done? He says, I invested them, and I have doubled them. I I now have four talents. Here's your talents, and he gives them to the wealthy man. Then he goes to the servant with one talent, and he says, I knew you were an exacting man. I knew you were you know, an angry type person, and so I didn't want to lose your talent, so I buried it. Okay, and I just dug it up. Here's your talent. He gives it back to him. He says, you wicked slave. He says, take the one talent and give it to the one who has ten and throw him into outer darkness. What's the cost of not being obedient with what God has given you and called you to do? What's the cost What's your excuse, church? I wonder, let's just do a, how many of you would identify and say, I'm part of the Moses Club. I'm, I don't talk so good. Okay, would you stand? Ooh, I didn't ask people to bow their heads, okay? I'm, I'm part of the Moses Club. I don't, I don't talk so good. They, they might not believe me. How many of you would identify with Gideon? I'm a nobody. I'm not all that important. I can't. I want you to stay standing. Stay standing, okay? How many of you would identify and you're part of the Gideon Club? Would you stand? Okay? How about the Jeremiah Club? I'm too young, how can God use me? I'm, I'm not old enough, I'm not smart enough. I, I, I don't know, I can't, I can't be used, I'm too young. Maybe you're part of the Abraham Club. I'm too old, I can't do it, I don't, I don't have the energy anymore, I can't, I can't do it. How many of you would you stand if you're part of the Abraham Club? How about Paul? My past is too bad. It's too corrupt. It's too awful. Man, I, I drank, I hung out with the wrong crowd. I had a, a friend that has been in prison and I wanted him to come and share his testimony. Do you think God can use someone who's been in prison? Oh, my God. It's real easy to pick up offenses. I don't care what you've done, where you've been. If you surrender to God, he can use you. But it takes an obedient person. Are you willing to let God use you, even with your past? Anyone part of that group? My past is too awful. I've been hanging out with the wrong crowd. I've been doing the wrong things. I've been sinning. I'm out. Okay? I want you to know, God is not looking for people who feel sufficient or adequate. He's looking for people who are obedient to his purpose and calling. He's looking for those who are obedient. Now, those of you that are sitting, you got your, you, your calling is good. I want you to pray for those people who are standing. In fact, those of you who are sitting, I want you to be part of the prayer team. Would you come forward and come up front? Because we're going we're to dismiss in a bit. So all of you that are sitting, I, I need you to come forward up here. Okay? Oh, I can't do that? What club are you in now? What club are you in now? And now, those of you that need prayer want you to, to come forward. I want you to ask those, the people that are here, would you pray for me? Because I have been afraid. I, I haven't let God use me. I haven't been that person. I've, I've used the excuses. Would you come forward? Then I also, how many are here that would say, I'm on that path? I haven't invited Jesus into my life. I, I haven't made him Lord of my life. Would you come and let these people pray with you as well? Ooh, now it's hard, huh? Are you willing to step out where it's not comfortable? Because I believe that if you allow this week, God is going to give each of you a divine appointment. There's going to be somebody that you get to share your faith with this week. Are you going to be obedient and faithful to do it? Or will you find the excuse and let the fear keep you and hold you back from it? When I want to invite you all to come. Father, I pray that, that, that dispensation would be filled across the room, that those here today, those that have let the fear hold them back, that they will take that step They will face that fear. They'll take that step. They'll come forward and they'll uh, share with somebody else where they're struggling and that there will be a freedom, a breaking, a releasing, Lord God. We call your spirit to come and to fall upon us. We want to be used of you. I believe there is an outpouring coming, church, but where do you fit in? What is your part? What is your calling? God is calling you this day. Will you be faithful? So I pray your blessing and covering now upon us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the message, and we hope to see you on a Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. Visit us online at caseyhamford.com, and if you want to support our ministry, click Give. Cornelia Church, passion for God, compassion for people.